so I've said as a business owner, you really have to stop playing to your strengths, recognize the weaknesses, and spend more time focused on those. Because it's the weaknesses that inevitably become the downfalls of the business. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 161. Our guest today is Marty Park, entrepreneurial coach, leadership and sales trainer, keynote speaker and author of the new Amazon bestseller, Tiger by the Tail, 99 Secrets to Tame and Master Your Business. Marty has been involved in the launch, growth, restructuring, or financing of many companies internationally over the years, and has dedicated the time to curate these experiences into a book of great value to all business owners. Well, Marty, welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you on board today. There's so much going on around the world. And here's a book that has tremendous content, real content, not just stuff, but real content. And tell me about what led up to writing the book. So writing the book really became those moments where you are talking with somebody who's running a business and they almost out of frustration or out of surprise would say, well, how do you know that? Well, how come the bank hasn't told me that? How come my accountant didn't tell me that? How come my marketing agency didn't say that? And I'd say, well, I learned the hard way or I found this through trial and error. And I started quite literally at my desk, leaving meetings and making a post-it note whenever a client had sort of this moment of aha. But quickly that post-it note stack started to grow and it didn't take long for I thought, you know, I'm going to do some blog posts and all of this. And as I started into a couple blog posts and quickly got to three, four, five, I thought, this is really the messages. And these are the key ideas that I want every business owner to have. And so that list grew and grew. And I think when I got to 76, I thought, I wonder if I can hit 99. And I went through each aspect of the business and thought, if I was going to say to people, you know, these are key things that you're not going to hear in a business class at college. These are things that you probably aren't going to get from some of your other professionals, your lawyer, your accountant, things that I learned that really helped me manage a business day to day. And that's really where the book came from, was the hopes that people would see those ideas. Maybe they don't need to use all 99 every single day. Sometimes it'd be, well, right now I'm focused on 1, 17, 68, and 83. But that I knew that they were practical, proven things that I had done or clients had done to really make a difference in their business. I can imagine you're getting a lot of feedback given the new book out. What are the top 10 that people are responding to in some of these ideas? It's interesting. You, know, you get feedback on the ones that people don't expect. Uh, one of my favorites, or maybe two of my favorites, are related to people and, and relationships and meetings. And the first one is I have a chapter called Drink Scotch. And it's about my old business partner and I and how we didn't have any method as two guys to communicate in business besides one of us blowing up and yelling at the other guy and then the other person saying, I didn't even know there was a problem. So we had this system where one of us would say, I think we need to have a scotch. Both of us just happen to be scotch drinkers. And so we would go off site and we eventually formalized some rules around that. But it really allowed us to go sit down, have a drink, 
and work out problems. The first person had a chance to vent their frustration or their concern. The other person had a response. And our rule was we never leave a scotch meeting without a solution. Now, sometimes that solution was just a lot of scotch, but people really like something like that because I think it's a structured way to frame something. They realize it's practical. It catches them off guard. I talk about beverage management meetings. A lot of times people laugh and say, oh, I, I spend all my life in meetings like that. People show up ready to manage their coffee, manage their water, but they're really not there to participate and how to turn that into a really productive meeting. So I find things like that work well. I mean, on the business side, there's a lot of things I talk about in terms of cash flow management, ways to practically demonstrate leadership in your company or communicate in a business. And even the idea of, you know, what do you need as a business owner as a support system? So often, I think you guys know that business owners feel like islands. And uh, to be able to say, I always call it the entourage, much like a rock star who's got an entourage. What's the kind of entourage you need as a business owner? So I think those types of things are ones I get feedback on or people mention pretty frequently. Marty, with so many great insights in this book, there's a few that jumped out at me that were not that intuitive. But then when I read your spin on them, I thought, wow, that's really insightful. One of them that I liked was this idea of stop playing to your strengths, which initially when you hear that, that seems to like fly in the face of a lot of conventions. So tell us a little bit about how you think about that. I think in some people where they maybe have a job where they can use those strengths and still work their way up the corporate ladder, I think running a company is different because your responsibilities range across sales, marketing, finance, HR, and managing your people. I mean, there's so many aspects to running a business you have to learn about. And what I found is that people that play to their strengths, you know, the guy who happens to love the numbers of the business is always in the back office building spreadsheets, but he's not focused on the things the business needs, which might be sales and marketing. Or the opposite, the real flamboyant, gregarious owner who's just naturally a people person and a salesman is out driving sales, but has no idea about his finances. And so I've said as a business owner, you really have to stop playing to your strengths, recognize the weaknesses, and spend more time focused on those. Because it's the weaknesses that inevitably become the downfalls of the business or the places where the business is leaking cash or is just not performing well. And if you've got an area that doesn't perform well, it's going to pull down the success of the rest of the business. So as a business owner, as much as we'd love to play to our strengths, you have to make sure that if not you, somebody is dealing in those areas of weakness in order to be able to create good balance and strength and foundation all the way across the business. It's interesting how these strengths can become almost like a place to hide without you even realizing it. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. It's exactly, it's a hiding place in the business. Sometimes out of enthusiasm, you know, the person who really loves sales and talking to their customers, consciously they're not hiding from anything, but what they're not doing is addressing some of the things they like less. I have a great client who is fantastic as just a natural rainmaker. And if you ask him on any given day, how the books look and how's the bank balance, he often says, I have no idea. And you know that certainly in a period like we're dealing with right now, the ability to know your numbers and know your uh, bank balance is as critical as being able to get out there, connect with customers and generate sales. So how do you help people get past the stumbling block? So what I'm thinking about is, for instance, if you know that you have these strengths that unfortunately are holding the business back because you retreat, you go to this place of, I'm comfortable in numbers and I find my comfort in analyzing things in spreadsheets or I'm comfortable as long as I'm talking to customers, 
but I really don't like getting into the details of the back office. How do you then help a client make that leap to actually, first of all, coming face to face with that limitation, but then making a strategic change to figure out, well, how are we going to get these functions done? If I don't want to spend time doing that, how do I get it done? So Shai, when I first started and started working with business owners, probably 19 years ago, my approach was, I'm going to beat you over the head and pressure you. Even if you're not naturally attuned to numbers, I'm going to make you look at them. And I found that that didn't work very well because it really pushed somebody beyond not only their comfort zone, but it almost became adversarial. The more I pushed, the more they pushed back. So now what I've found is that with most business owners, they have an awareness of what they don't like or what they won't look at. And I I tend to have a pretty frank conversation and say, well, let's start to wade into this and see what your interest level is. And so I use that example of somebody who wants to kind of keep track of their banking and their finances, but really aren't a numbers person. Traditionally, I would have said, well, we're going to push you to become a numbers person. Now I'm willing to say in the event that a client says, I just won't do it. Instead of arguing with them, I now say, okay, now who are we going to assign this to? So maybe it's one of the staff, or maybe it's bringing a bookkeeper controller, even on a part-time basis, but somebody starts to take control of those numbers. And then what I make sure is there's a reporting system that comes back to the owner. Because even the numbers guy who doesn't want to have to dive into it is more than willing to look at a one-page summary of the numbers of his business. So I've changed the system a little bit to make sure there's always that information and reporting that comes back to the owner so that he's responsible for it but not necessarily pressuring them to be the one doing all of that work. So it eliminates that blind spot, that hiding from that area of the business without dragging them into it to a depth that they really are just going to lose interest in. Marty, the conditions that are out there for our business owners with the virus involvement on a worldwide basis, for many businesses, it's complete chaos and others, it's just really throttling back and are just doing fine. Uh, nothing's changed at the moment. What are your thoughts from your perspective over the last few weeks? What's rising to the shining of the light, if you will, where we can really do something? Well, I think the first thing is, and I appreciate you're right, every business is in a little bit different situation. So one of the things I think is important is to evaluate the situation your business is in. I mean, if you're a restaurant, to not be worrying about the restaurant down the street and what they might be doing. I've seen business owners close their business voluntarily. And when talking to them, they said, well, I knew some of our competitors closed, so therefore we should close too, which to me isn't really a business strategy. It's sort of just a sheep mentality. So I think independent thinking about where's my business at, because every business's bank account is different. Their sales, their staff, their physical location. So I think you have to have a personalized plan. I think one of the first steps is getting away from the panic, which is hard to do, but I think you have to be able to try and step back, whether it's through talking to people, you know, your peers, uh, other business owners, to be able to at least step back and say, okay, what really is my situation? With a few people, I've calculating their burn rate and looking and saying, what's their cash flow look like? How long do they have if they didn't make any changes? What some of our clients have said, oh, actually, I'm good for 90 days. Okay, well, that, that's longer than I thought. Okay, that gives me some comfort. I've often said if you're in that fight or flight mode that you really are going to have a tough time being strategic about your business. But the first thing is to really get into a bit of a survive mode and say, okay, what do we need to do? And depending on the external circumstances you have, what things can we do immediately? I think one of the things that's most critical let's say your sales have dropped off 30%, is to quickly be able to get a balance out the business in terms of costs to make sure that I'm back to break even 
or profitability. So if that means laying some people off temporarily, then you have to make some of those cuts right away to make sure that you've got life 30 days, 60 days from now. I think the other thing that once you've gotten through that, okay, we've established where we're at. We've made some cuts if we needed to, to make sure that we've got some lifespan here is to then get your customers and everybody thinking into the future. And what I mean by that is most people are thinking a week out, or in some cases with this pandemic, a a day out. I think as a business owner, your job as a leader is to remind your customers, your staff, like, listen, this is going to pass. So let's talk about maybe not tomorrow, but let's talk about things into May as we hit Memorial Day weekend, as we get into the month of June. What does it look like in June? Well, if you're a hairstylist and you've closed your salon, and or a barber. Well, you know, in two months time, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to need a haircut. Well, there's the opportunity to be selling into the future. There's an opportunity to be booking things out to ensure that when you have the opportunity to open your business back up, it is jam packed. People are going to be hungry, just like they come out of winter, are going to be hungry for that first day of spring or that first warm day. This is the first day where the country starts to be able to wake up again. And I think you have to be ready for that and reminding people that that's what the future is going to be like. Although we don't know what day that's on. I have clients who have started to had a lot of training work that was postponed and already started to try and rebook it for later in the fall. They've been reminding clients like, look, we're going to have a lot of people requesting our work. Would you like to be on sort of a VIP list? You're one of the first people we call, you know, with a small deposit, we can do that. I think adapting the business too is important to be able to say, okay, what can we do in the next 30 or 60 days? It may only be 20% of our revenues, but that's better than nothing. So I think being strategic, figuring out how to get back to profitability or break even right away and making some of those changes, and then being able to think future focused and what can we do short term in terms of sales and business and preparing everybody in your little community, your customers, your staff, your vendors, to be able to say, hey, we're going to be back. And when we are, we're going to go gangbusters and engaging people in that because they will follow that message. You know, it's something that people are looking for a message of hope. And why shouldn't it be a business owner giving it to them? I like what you're saying about the change potential. And there's some real creativity out there. An example to me is Panera. On the surface, like you're saying, they could have closed and said, hey, we're not allowed to play. But They've taken a lot of fast action of making sure that they're able to do drive-through services, to meet you at your car at a distance. And recently, they announced that they're going to start offering highly needed grocery products. So expanding those offerings temporarily to help out your customers. So it's fascinating. We tried this last weekend. We have the Panera app and ordered the food. And when we get there, they have special tent signs set up for parking spaces where they know that you're there. And now you just answer their email they sent you and they know you're there and bring out your food at a distance. And then there was a number of people throughout the empty parking lot, normally empty parking lot at this time, that were having their lunch. They're having their picnic then. It was very effective and very creative. And now with the expansion of adding on other things, possibly toilet paper, they could be very popular. So I like your element about you know creative thought and morphing your business temporarily. And Craig, you know, I think sometimes getting that creative thought, you sometimes have to engage other people, whether that's friends or other business owners or somebody you can just turn to even shouting out with an email or connecting with them on LinkedIn. I say that because 
I think when you've had a business for running for a while, your mind is sort of stuck in the box or you can't see the forest or the trees. You think of your business, if you're a restaurant, and that's our easy example, as being, well, people come in, they sit down and they dine with us. And you think, well, okay, yeah, we could have people pick stuff up, but then to transition to delivery or prepackaged meals where everything is prepared and ready to go, or here's all the groceries and the recipe and you can make it at home, or there's extensions to that creativity that may not be obvious. So I think for any business owner who's saying, I don't know how to adapt the business, one of the first things is that recognition and not being ashamed of that, but being able to say, okay, I got to reach out to some other people who can give me perspective on how to innovate my business and where I can be adaptive. One of the things that I've noticed with a few clients is they've gone to the remote working environment, teleworking. Some have never done this before. It's scary. And they're having to learn how to manage remote employees. On the flip side, I kind of think that a lot of businesses are going to discover that a good portion of their business doesn't have to be at the office anymore. Any thoughts on your side? I actually have a number of clients and friends who are running businesses where they quite quickly have moved everybody to a home office. And I think there's the initial week or two that were a little bumpy, whether it be getting the technology organized or people being able to find the space and the rhythm with family requirements and sometimes, you know, physically finding a space at home to work. But it's been shocking how now in the second or third week, they really are saying like productivity is actually pretty high. I think the biggest thing that they're missing is not necessarily the productivity, but is coming back to how do you keep the team engaged and how do you keep it feeling like a tight organization? I love that a good friend of mine who's the CTO and one of the partners in a tech company, they have about 90 employees and they are doing 3.30 on Fridays. They do their beer meeting. They do a Zoom meeting where everybody joins in and they all have a beer and it isn't meant as a functional meeting. They have those as well over Zoom, but it's just really meant to drive community. And I think things like that, balancing out the social that you might be missing at the office combined with the productivity is a great way to keep your team engaged together. I talk in the book about three levels of leadership. And I think communicating in leadership that one of the things people really need on a regular basis now is the first level being the, what I call the state of the union, where just like the president, occasionally you've got to stand up in front of Congress and in front of everybody and look presidential. Your team really right now needs a business owner who can stand up and look somewhat presidential or leadership and say, hey, this is what's going on and give them a message of hope. Here's what we've done. Here's what we are doing. I think the second piece is the, I always talk about sort of the day-to-day -day communication, which is where a lot of businesses I think are using Zoom effectively to just get people connected using the technology, whether it's live Zoom meetings or whether it's like project management piece of software or an instant messaging platform. But there's lots of those day-to-day -day things that are sort of the cadence of the business and you can keep those going pretty well. And I think the third piece I talk about is communication and leadership has to be really personal. So checking in right now, and I'm stressing this with all my clients, check in with every one of your clients, you know, phone those customers. It's easy to get a blanket email about this is how we're managing things during the pandemic. But what I really want is to talk to somebody. And when one of my vendors phones or somebody calls to see how I'm doing and really just have a quick conversation. And then when my boss or the business owner phones every one of the staff to just check in as a person and make that personal connection. I think personal connection is something that is going to drive your brand equity into the future. People are going to remember the, the business owner who really reached out and was concerned about every one of their staff and team. 
that's something that's going to really drive success into the future. Well, Marty, thank you so much for joining us on Business Owners Radio today. Oh, this has been great. We really appreciate it. And you've got some great insights and can't wait to dive deeper into the book. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our business owners today? I think one of the best lessons for me as an entrepreneur and a business owner, and I think it's so critically important right now during this pandemic, is remembering that business is people. I really understood that on a surface level, but as I've been a business owner and had a team and staff and customers over the years, I've really realized that it's the people that drive a business. And I think that really focusing on where you can help, reaching out to people and asking, how can we help? You're going to make connection and those connections, I think, are going to help support your business through this crisis and into the future. You know, speaking of helping, one of the things I mentioned writing the book for me was an act of trying to help business owners and entrepreneurs out there. So my book, uh, Tiger by the Tail, 99 Secrets to Tame and Master Your Business is available on Amazon. That's available on Audible. But it really is 99 ideas that I think any business owner can use. And, and a lot of them are really critical at a time like this. And that's something I'd love people to be able to read and make use of in their business. The other thing I'm saying to people is you can reach out to me on my website, www.martypark.com. And in this time, I've offered to people, I've said, hey, listen, I will jump on the phone with any business owner or entrepreneur for 30 minutes just to strategize about what they should do. Not as a charge but just really from the perspective of helping people through this. I want to see every business owner not only get through it and survive, but come out the other end strong and thriving. So you can find me on social media at The Marty Park. Our guest today has been Marty Park, author of the new Amazon bestseller, Tiger by the Tail, 99 Secrets to Tame and Master Your Business. You can learn more about Marty as well as find links to his book and website, all in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.